Hello and welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, and today we are blessed to connect with Pastor Mark Little, founder of Cure America Action, political commentator and podcast host of The Mark Little Show. Well, Pastor Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's good to be with you. These are important times for people like you and me to talk. They, they are. And, and uh, we... Uh, we have a lot to talk about, but I'd love to for you to tell the audience just a little bit about your background and how you started Cure America and what led you to that. Uh, thank you so much. I, I can't go into the whole thing, but you know, my testimony has a lot to do with it. I was shot uh, in Los Angeles in 1987 by a crip in an attempted armed robbery, and I lost my leg as a result of it. You know, I know what's happening in our inner cities uh, in America. Uh, and so when we were approaching the 2020 election, Uh, I knew how important it was uh, for my community in particular. I don't exclude uh, our other communities, but I do have a focus uh, on black community because I know that we have the highest rates of abortion. I know that we don't really listen to what's happening in the culture in terms of news and current events. And so with Star Parker, who runs uh, Cure Policy, which is our C3, uh, we started uh, the C4, which is Cure America Action, -action cure-action.com. Uh, to go into a very key cities in our nation uh, to make sure that we were talking about the importance of life. I call it the sanctity of human life to talk about educational choice, uh, to talk about our founding principles. Uh, And most of all, to talk about what's happening in the in the culture with the lies of critical race theory and uh, reverse uh, discrimination. Mm -hmm. Those things are critical. And we've been doing that now for uh, three years next month, in fact. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a variety of topics here uh, based on everything you just said. But we, we know that God calls you in specific directions, calls all of us spe- specific directions, and and I know you have that strong heart for the black community. Um, so we'll we'll go down that path as well. But one of the the things that I noticed, uh, I guess, two pillars in what you do at Cure America uh, is uh, freedom and um, and faith, right? So when I when I think of those two words. Uh, as a Christian, and, and I, I think most Christians would, uh, hopefully they go there, right? They think, first of all, is that, you know, for those in Christ, we know that we are free from the penalty of sin. And that is the heart of the gospel. And, and that's, that's always, the, the, that's where we need to go every single time. But I know you, you take that even a step further, and I want more people to get this, right? So when you think of f- faith and freedom, we should also be thinking of liberty, liberty in our own country. And I, you do so much in this area, so I want to hear you talk about it. What is wrong with the church right now, and why don't they see this extended version of faith and freedom? Wow. Brother, we can do a whole show on that, i got to <laughs> tell you. You know, I talk specifically to senior leaders all the time uh, because— Unfortunately, we're in a culture where most people are followers. Uh, we would, mm-hmm. as pastors, we would call them sheep, and that's not a prerogative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is the shepherd, and we are all the sheep. Uh, but most senior pastors uh, really don't understand uh, our Constitution, why our country was founded, what principles it was founded on, and how, in fact, the church is supposed to influence government vis-a-vis culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in doing that, uh, we have liberty. I mean, liberty uh, is expressed in a lot of different ways. We have liberty of of, of religion. We have liberty of, of, of speech. We have liberty uh, uh, under the Second Amendment to protect our families. Uh, liberty expresses itself in a lot of ways. 
Uh, and so I can talk about liberty all day long because certainly uh, there's liberty in Jesus Christ and knowing where you're going uh, should he come back, where your soul will be. Uh, there's a certain level of liberty that comes with that that allows me to speak with, uh, to you with boldness. I'm not caring who's going to listen to it and judge me because my liberty and my knowledge and my my grounding is based in the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, which we find in the Bible. Uh, but I want to say very quickly about uh, the, the construct uh, that we have of liberty that's outside of the gospel, the construct here in our nation, uh, the liberty that we created. Uh, that's what that means. It's a construct. Uh, it, it is rooted in uh, the Constitution, which does not say that there is a separation of church and state. I want everybody to understand. Uh, when Thomas Jefferson wrote the letter to the church in Danbury, Connecticut, uh, in, in uh, gosh, uh, 1809, I believe it is. Don't quote me on that. Go and do your Google search. Uh, but he wrote a letter uh, to the church in Danbury, and he said, uh, there is a separation of church and state in that the state shall not infringe on the affairs of the church. That's right. uh, his statement was that the church shall not be infringed upon. And so I need for people to understand that. And then, and then comes the Johnson Amendment uh, that has convinced pastors to sit on their hands. And I have to tell pastors, if you think the Johnson Amendment is an excuse to sit on your hands and not tell people what they say, at the, what thus saith the Lord in terms of the culture and how we apply scripture to culture, then you're doing your congregation a disservice. Yeah, it's it so important that we understand this because if the church truly understood this, we would not be in the problems that we're having right now, for sure. Yeah, and so and, and I, I, I'll keep expanding on this, right? Because so let's let's go down into some of the community, right? Is is I think about um, how we're in a moment of time where lawless has increased and the love of many is starting to grow cold, right? And and obviously that that comes from the Bible, and it it, it gives an indication of kind of where we are in terms of last days and and such. Uh, but regardless, that is happening, and so give me your comments, especially in cities right, of where we see rising crime rates. Where is the leadership uh, of these cities and, and what do we do about it? Yes, thank you. Uh, for, I want to say that uh, uh, you'll find as I talk, uh, there's a balance between a uh, biblical worldview and a practical application. Uh, but I want everybody to understand that I come from a biblical worldview uh, primarily. Uh, on this issue of justice, and safety in our communities. God is a God of righteousness and a God of justice. If you look up the word righteousness in the Bible, uh, it's synonymous with justice. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at what's happening across our cities, uh, we see certain things that are, are true. Uh, and you can't just look in 2020 to 2023, you have to take a historical look uh, at the role of government uh, in the decay of our urban centers. It's, it's very unfortunate. Uh, there's a, a thing called HUD, Housing and Urban Development. Yes. And if you know anything about it, you know, they set policy. Uh, they, they, they put Section 8 housing where they want it to be. And, and then you have a confluence uh, of, 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 of elements that impact a community, whether it is Section 8 housing for low-income families, whether it is broken schools and education, where you have folks who don't really have the kind of education that uh, a family and a community needs. They, we have failed in that area. Uh, and then you have certain forces that come along uh, that have their own progressive ideas about policing. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is a historical fact 
uh, that black and I hate this term. I really do. Uh, black and brown. I really hate that term because uh, there are people in that in those codes that, uh, you know, don't necessarily fit in black or Latino, uh, which is sort of what we mean when we say it. So just forgive me, audience, for using that uh, colloquialism. But uh, in black and brown communities, we have a need uh, for policing. Why? Uh, because the, t- t- the statistics show uh, that black on black crime is where we have a great problem, brown on brown and white on white. That's where violence happens within uh, our own cultures and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And so when you create an inner city uh, that has a confluence and an aggregation of those ethnicities, you'll have higher crime. Mm-hmm. And so you have uh, forces like Black Lives Matter, which we'll talk about later perhaps, uh, that that have sent a message uh, to our city leaders who are by and large progressive Democrats. And that they, they convince them to defund our police. You can go back to Minneapolis and Michael Brown and you can find that when they forced the defund police movement at that time, it wasn't as structured as it became later, uh, but they marched across the bridge and they said pigs in a blanket, uh, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And we have the what's called the Ferguson effect. Uh, the Ferguson effect is where policing backs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't respond to crime uh, as much as they used to because the communities have said you're not wanted. And so we have the uptick in crime that you that you uh, mentioned, and it's very real across many urban centers across our nation. And that is the origin of the problem. Maybe we can talk about the solution. Yeah, law, law enforcement is a blessing. I know so many people, because of all the marketing campaigns and the smear campaigns against law enforcement, it, it is a blessing in the community. That doesn't mean every law enforcement officer is perfect. As you know, we're all fallen and uh, we, we all make mistakes or there's some bad people in there too. But that doesn't mean you erase the entire system. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up BLM, right? Because you, you look at that and, and you know, on the surface, again, if you look at it from a marketing perspective, of course, black lives matter. So, you know, it's easy to try to get behind something like that because, you know, out of any, anyone would know that the black community is under massive attack. And that's that's not an exaggeration. But BLM is not the answer. So you get you get these grassroots communities, uh, grassroots movements. And then you get corporations that are standing behind BLM. And then we just see they come out and support Hamas and the terror attacks against Israel. When will people wake up that that's not the solution to help the black communities? Uh, my, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to try to respond to that without a filibuster because you said a lot of needy <laughs> things. Uh, first, I want to tell everyone that Black Lives Matter as an organization is a cancer uh, to our communities. They got their reparations, nearly a billion dollars, didn't file their tax returns properly, uh, and everybody is still hurting. Uh, Black Lives Matter as a concept, of course it's true, along with all of God's uh, creation, all of humanity. Uh, but when you begin to uh, uh, par- uh, uh, promote one over the other, that's ungodly. Yes, yes Black Lives Matter, but so do uh, Blue Lives uh, people who are protecting our country, uh, our community, so do white lives, so do Jewish lives, so do Asian lives. They all matter. And so we have to we have to be careful about falling into identity politics because that's what happened. Black Lives Matter then went and spent their money on on mansions and and paying their own families. Uh, so be, look, we got to be very careful. Uh, woke uh, CEOs in our corporations in America uh, fomented that. And, and look where we are today. Now we have an organization uh, who is standing uh, with Hamas as it has slaughtered uh, babies, women, raped women, 
uh, and killed families and kibbutzes in Israel. How can anyone in their right mind uh, uh, protest as we're doing right now today in favor of Hamas? By the way, uh, the Hebrew word for Hamas is violence. That's what it means. Uh, the, the, the word for violence in the Hebrew language is Hamas. So you've got to be careful about uh, who you're standing with. You stood for BLM because you thought they meant something. They stood for something. Yeah. We have 20 million babies aborted. Uh, they refuse to support uh, 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 promoting uh, pro-life policies. They, they, they refuse to promote uh, protecting life in the womb. That should tell you something. Yes. Now they're standing with an organization uh, that around the world we have seen a slaughtering families. There's no excuse for that. I don't care how you feel about the uh, condition of who lives where uh, in Israel and Gaza. I don't care how you feel about it. I understand the history. We're not here for that. But certainly you should have the decency uh, to stand against the slaughter of human life. Don't tell me, well, Israel has done this. No, I'm talking about right now. That's right. You need to stand up and support Israel and you need to oppose any group, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's Hamas, uh, who is now trying to destroy the nation of Israel and slaughtering their children. Now, let me tell you what the Bible says. He who blesses Israel shall be blessed. He who curses Israel shall be cursed. You need to understand your Bible and you need to make sure you're standing on the right side, not of history, but on the right side of God. Amen. And I, I, when I saw that graphic come out of the paratrooper from BLM, it, it, at first I thought someone made that up and that didn't really come from BLM. And then I realized it did. It made me sick. And you're absolutely right. I mean, someone who's fighting for black justice and things like that, and now they're saying it's okay for terror attacks. People need to understand this is a Marxist ideology. These are Marxist movements where they go, where they pit different groups against each other. And, that, and that's ultimately what this is. So we shouldn't be surprised that BLM would support Hamas. Yeah, we can't, we've got to be careful about getting behind a political movement because of the own injustices we feel in our own lives. Don't, don't grab onto uh, somebody's red wagon because you think that they represent mm -hmm. you. That's right. The reason they were able to fleece corporate America is because they were able to demonstrate uh, from uh, the summer of 2020, how many people stood up with their fists in the air. Yeah. You gave them the power uh, to convince corporate America to, to, right. to line their pockets, to line their pockets. Be careful. Uh, what you need to be doing is not going to a political organization. You need to be going to the Lord. You need to be understanding what the word says about your own assignment in this culture. Mm. That's what we need to be doing as the body of Christ. The church is nothing but the people who believe. It's not the four walls where we go to on Sunday. It's the people. It's the, we are the church. And we need as the church to be understanding what the Lord is saying to us. Yeah. A amen. Couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think let let's keep going down this this Marxist ideology, which again, BLM is a Marxist movement, no doubt. But it doesn't stop there. Like so when we think about our future in the communities, black, white, whatever race that you are, it doesn't matter. The kids are under attack. And so we look at things like diversity, inclusion, and equity. Uh, critical race theory, all these things sound great just by the words itself. But when you dig into what they're actually doing, this is Marxist ideology and, and designed to rip apart the fabrics of community. So what, what would you say to parents and how do we help our kids uh, combat this at, at the parent level? 
Thank you so much. And I'm going to end there, but I want to give just a quick history lesson so they understand uh, just how deep embedded this is. Uh, there's a movement that goes as, as far back as liberation theology in the 60s yes. that started in Central America. Uh, that came to the United States under the label of Black Liberation Theology. And the idea was to tear down the dominant culture vis-a-vis -vis white people, tear them down and lift up the poor vis-a-vis -vis black people. It then became critical race theory, uh, which came out of Germany uh, under Max Horkheimer, and then came to the universities here in America. And then it just spread from there with Herbert Marcuse, uh, with Donald, uh, with uh, uh, Professor Bell, uh, and then with uh, Professor uh, Crenshaw. Uh, intersectionality is what, what she came up with. So you, you have the critical theory is where it started, and then it became critical legal theory, and now critical race theory. Uh, and the whole idea is the system is set up against uh, people of color, in particular black people. Uh, and it's a Trojan horse, because all it is is reverse discrimination. Uh, you can look at Ibram X. Kendi uh, and see where he is now and how his organization is bankrupt, because what did they do? They probably just spent the millions that they got. Yes. Uh, so, so it's a ruse. It's a, it's a, it's a boondoggle. Uh, and you've got people and school districts buying into it. But, beloved, please understand, it's reverse, dis uh, it's reverse discrimination. It is, it is ungodly. It's not rooted in the word of God. Uh, and, the, and the fact of the matter is the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's the answer to your question. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the result of parents saying enough is enough. Uh, you can look at the election of Governor Yunkin in Virginia. Parents woke up and they saw what was happening in the schools and they elected a governor who could bring about change. That's the answer. Show up to your school boards, particularly on this subject, because beyond critical race theory, they're now indoctrinating our children uh, with sexuality, with aberrant sexuality. Our children are being exposed to pornography in school. They're not telling you that part. Please do your research. Go into the libraries, get the permission you need, uh, go to the school board meetings, and you don't have to go every night. Send somebody from your parent group, mm -hmm. collect the information, understand what's happening. And then when it's time to stand up, stand up and oppose election of school leaders, school board leaders, uh, run some yourself, take control of your school district. You must do it mm. right now, right now. Well, Pastor Mark, that was a perfect answer. When you explained the root of the problem, you, the history behind it, this isn't something that just came up overnight. This has been happening for a while, liberation theology and how we got to this, to this event. And then, and then you brought it back to the Bible, which tells you the truth. This is really the truth. This is not how you respond to these problems. The Bible is the way to go. And then finally, action. I love action. You've got to, once you understand the problem, you know the truth, you've got to take action. And you gave us some very key uh, ideas on how to do that and showed us that it actually works. And if we do this across the country, these problems start to go away. If we lose our country, if we lose our school districts, we are the blame, yes. not the fools that we allow to lead us. Well, Pastor Mark, this has been great. Uh, how do we support your work or learn more about what you're doing? Thank you so much. Please join me at cure-action.com. That's our website. Uh, but in all social media, Instagram in particular, Real Mark 
T Little, that's uh, Mark with a C, T as in Tom, real Mark T Little on Instagram and all social media. We also have Cure Action uh, on other other platforms as well. But follow me, that's where most people are. And I hope to see you DM me, uh, be in touch with me. I love to pray for people. I love to know what's going on in your life and in your communities. And I'll come if you invite me. Well, Pastor, God has clearly touched your life and that, that energy, the Spirit just radiates from you. And, uh, you know, I, I pray that God continues to bless you in your ministry and in the battle ahead. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Have me back. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.